Yeah. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Wednesday Night Live. Wednesday Night Live. And we are, in fact, live tonight. Yogi's just joined us from the uh, the West Coast office. How are you, Yogi? Oh, good evening, good afternoon, good day, good morning, and wherever the hell you're listening from, well done. <laughs> yeah, we're back. We're back. Hit, hit me straight between the eyes. I want to know truck stuff. What's <laughs> been going on since well, I haven't been here? You know, give me a Wednesday night topic. Boom, make it happen, let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. I I want to get me truck and teeth back into it. I want to, look, I've had, I've I've figured out we pay way too much for everything we've done in the last two weeks over the coast. (laughs) You know, like yesterday I pulled pulled these jar of pickles out that I bought. I thought these were nice pickles. And then I read the label, it was $17.90 for a jar of pickles. (laughs) You know, I know. I'm not thinking, oh, they're not that nice now. Far out, <laughs> right. I've got to go to work. So I'm working. So I want to know. I want to get back into trucking. Well, we've got a few <laughs> things we can get into tonight there. But uh, first off, uh, with the supervisors here. So welcome to the show, Colette. Good evening, everyone. And Good evening. Uh, before Good evening, we go too Colette. much further, we probably should give our special thanks to our major sponsor of the show, Rentco. 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 We, if you need something, they've got something. That is quite <laughs> and simple with Rentco. Oh, no. Well, if you tell them, I don't know what to do. Exactly. If you need something, they've got something. Outstanding. <laughs> is that like a cheese sandwich? Is that one of the best marketing strategies you've ever heard? Do you want something? Ring someone. <laughs> oh, you wouldn't read about it. Like they got it. Like that's how the world works. <laughs> <laughs> if you want it, they've got it, and it's definitely red right? So in this in this situation, Yagi, we'd be talking about some transport equipment. Yeah. Oh, no, great. Uh-huh. Well, you jump to conclusions here, man. Far out. Like, what have you been doing since I've been away? Well, it's not all negative on it. If they might have something, they might have. They might have an electric gun truck. Well, they and you want it, right? They and they've got it. One. Yeah, they might have. They might have a dolly. They might have a dolly. <laughs> yeah. And then they might have a converter dolly. We don't know. No, no. Just ring them. Ring them and they'll tell Because they, they have flat tops and tort liners and vans and all that sort of stuff. Oh, I don't know. Ring Renko. They would have a solution for you. <laughs> I, th- I think we probably should know, really. Because they're yeah, a major sponsor. No, I, I actually think we do. Oh, I think we do. <laughs> we do know. Yes, we, we know. We know full well, Renko have the solution to any of your transport queries, questions, problems, overflow, underflow, run out of flow, Renko will make it happen. <laughs> so if you've had it upside down or a breakdown, ring Renko. If you're in any capital city. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Or you yeah, ring one three hundred seven three six eight two six or go to www.rentco.com.au. you look at Truck and Life to see the Renko rigs of the month. You certainly can. And if you're travelling about at the moment you, and you haven't got the latest February issue, it is it is out, it's been mailed out, then it's available at some of the selected BPs, Archerfield, Beresfield, Eastern Creek, Maroolan, both north and south, Nambucca Heads, uh, Cooper Street in Melbourne and the BP in Townsville. We're also at Tatiara Trucks, the cleaning zone in Perth, and to probably the our favourite roadhouses there, Mike and Yogi. The roading. And Colette. Mortlake. 
Brody. <laughs> now, I, I know that. that the more, like, roadie, the roadie, stock truck and lot, because I bought two the other day. Mm. I can't believe you had to be bought No, I wanted to buy two. I walked in there, bought two coffees, one bacon egg sandwich, because the, uh, you know, cheap pile, lovely wife wasn't overly hungry. Right. And two truck and and walked myself back on out the door. Bad plan. I've had a couple of feeds at the roadie now, mate. You struggle to get through a ditch good feed. Oh, we didn't eat, we didn't eat till about eight o'clock on Sunday night, and then <laughs> you sort of figure, well, I got to have something to eat because we sort of went, oh man, that was a big feed for breakfast, mm. a rather large feed for breakfast. So it was good. And I, a mate of mine today, he, he said he was going to Portland. He's out of Ballarat, and he said it's worthwhile the diversion to go to the roadie to have a decent feed, and that yep. was just. Straight out, just send me a text. This is can It's worth every bit of it. So, so it's not that far out of your way, but by crossing, you get full. Mm-hmm. Just That's think, you don't have to drive if, you, if you're going down from Melbourne. You don't have to drive through Colac, and you don't have to drive through Tarang, and you don't have to drive through bloody Warrnambool. And yeah, you can do all that, and you can and you can stop at the roadie. I mean, why wouldn't you go up the middle road? <laughs> awesome, awesome service too. Awesome service. Yeah. So the six yep. of us had breakfast there the other day after we'd been to the Caroit Truck Show. Truck. Obviously, for anyone that doesn't know that. So we yep, stopped there yep. after we'd had an evening and a day at Caroit and a few nights at Warrnambool. But the Truck Show, Yogi, how was that, eh? Oh, the Truck Show was fantastic. I got 10 feet from our stand. And that was as far as I got to see. I've seen Boy <laughs> 909. I've seen the rig of the show. I've seen a couple of cool cars. I have no idea what was behind it. Mm. That really? There was a mm. couple Did of not get enough. Didn't get off the oval. The whole there time. was a couple of loaders in there. But behind us, there was some pretty special pretty special trucks here. And i got to say, there's mm. certainly some diesel flowing through some veins out there. Yeah, yeah. Solid, solid area, good trucking area, a lot, lot of reliance on the transport industry around that area so it is good to see a lot of fuel companies tanker companies local carriers stock carters they all represented quite well there good amount of trucks excellent amount of prizes per truck mm. uh, and a really uh, fantastic fantastic show so we um, we had a great time and uh, we and we celebrated hard at Mickey B's after we so did we did so I suppose the other thing to point out is we did win the prize for the best trade stand well this is true we yeah. so we look good with Annette haulage around us mm-hmm. we did yep couple of trucks that are featured and you know Lindy's a feature writer for us and photographer so that was uh, it was nice to be surrounded by Thea Red and, and he Saunders was wandering around so it was good to have him sort of come and say hello and uh, yeah I'm, in, I'm enjoying it as a unit as a group truck and life we um, we enjoyed the day we, we absolutely enjoyed the day immensely mm. yeah. well, I, uh, oh, I, I walk around the show sorry, yeah. sorry mate you, I can't oh, walk. I was going to say I, I I have the easiest part of the day fair to say good listeners of on the road radio I done a radio gig in Warrnambool and then got myself a <laughs> coffee and then walked in and everything was set up so I cannot I repeat, I cannot take any credit for the stand. I did nothing but uh-huh. turn up, smile nicely, and then and then get interviewed by Netherlands TV. And then you, yeah, <laughs> and then and then while while we were packing up too, and I, I, I disappeared with you then too to go and watch some presentations. So 
Yeah, well, I, you know, I felt like there was, there was a presence required there, and uh, you know, I dragged someone away under sufferance, and and then managed to be a couple of skewies involved, and we we showed forth, and we got our photo taken. We all got our photo oh, taken off we in did. the end. Yeah, and it was fantastic. So, full credit to the team that did everything. Yeah. <laughs> I just yeah. in at about half past nine and go look at you. you go, that's a good thing. Well, you guys have done well. Without well. <laughs> the girls. Oh, yes, I actually will give a shout out to Brian. So Brian actually made the effort to come to the show specifically because he knew that the team was going to be there. Right, so. Actually, he specifically wanted to see Colette. Well, no, I don't think it was just <laughs> me. <laughs> but Brian well, came down. Well, you name to a face. Uh, yeah, he wanted to just know, put faces to names. And, yeah, so Brian made the effort to come all the way to Croyt, knowing that we were going to be there. So shout out to Brian. G'day. Good to meet you on Saturday. So I uh, hope you had a good day. I told him I was going to give him a shout out. He said, oh, I'll be a bit embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed, Barris, Brian. We do have a particular breed of stalkers that listen to the show, don't we? <laughs> yeah, well, they're called Brian was lovely. And they listen intently. <laughs> <laughs> But it, it, is nice, it is nice to put faces to notes. Mm. It is. Yeah, it people is. are coming up. It's really, really good. And, and they're coming up to say hello. Yeah, you know, and they're, they're coming up with constructive stuff and coming up with, you know, names and coming up with everything else they can. But Do you know what I probably point. did, though, Yogi, with Brian coming to put a face to a name is he's realised that I have a head for radio. <laughs> <laughs> Correct, correct, correct. We're, we're the only ones in the group that are allowed to say that joke, right? You don't, you're, oh. you're much more than that. You know, make no mistake, you bring a lot more than that. You're a wonderful person. Thanks. But, you know, you can be in front of house any time, you know. Oh, so, yeah. Thanks. Now, Colin is here for a special reason tonight as well. I'm sure she, I'm sure she is. Yeah, she's got her notepad and she's, she's keeping an eye on us. But she's actually here because we're only... Ten days out, I think, from yep. the National Road Freighters Association's annual conference in Shepparton. So, Colin, I'll let you you go here. You want to have a bit of a spiel? You've yeah. been working very hard. I think at, mo- uh, most of the together. listeners have probably heard me every week talk about the National Road Freighters Association annual conference in Shepparton. But here I am again because we're only ten, 10 days out, and I think next week... Um, we're on the road heading down to Shepparton, so I don't know how we'll go with the live show next week. So I'll we take might this, be Tuesday night. Yeah, it might be Tuesday night. I'll take this last opportunity to um, get a plug-in for anyone that's interested in coming. Um, as I've mentioned before, it's going to be a massive day. We've got um, a huge presence of um, both um, industry, politicians and regulators alike for three massive panel sessions along with guest speakers. Um it's held at the Woolshed at Shepparton. Um, we also have exclusive after-hours access to the Museum of Vehicle Evolution, MOVE, which is really close to the Woolshed between 4.30 and 6.30. That's sponsored by Hubfleet. And, of course, our major day sponsor is VDAC. Um, and then we head back to the Woolshed after a two-hour session looking around MOVE for um, our dinner um, which is sponsored by the NTI. And, Yogi, you'll be um, emceeing that part of the evening. Craig will be emceeing the day part of the event. Um, so anyone that's interested in coming, um, you can head to the NRFA website, www.nrfa.com.au, um, or if you need to anything have any queries or questions, you can give me a call on 0493 564 467, um, and I can hopefully point you in the right direction. But it's... 
it's panning out to be a, a really, really awesome event um, for the day. So hopefully the tickets are selling really, really well. So we're really stoked um, at the response that we've had. I've had several phone calls today from people going, am I too late to get tickets? No, you're not. You still have time to secure tickets for the conference or the dinner. Um, we will have an auction. We've got some really great auction items um, from people that have been very generous to donate some stuff for us to auction off. Um, and of course, Yogi will be there with PJ, so exciting mm. times. Well, yeah, correct. We will be there. But, uh, you know, if, if you want an opportunity to ask questions with some pretty good decision making, some pretty good people, this is the opportunity. Yeah. We, everything, everything relies on you. Yeah, you got to be there. Just be there, and you'll get a chance. There is some. I'm, I'm, well, I'm proud to say they're very, you know, lovely, great to be a part of the National Rail Players, and and this lineup is uh, is quite exceptional. So it it's is. um, and yeah, I, if I you have, don't, sorry, Yogi, I was going to say if you don't don't be if you don't turn up, you're not a part of it. You're not a part of it. You won't get a voice. So That's it. Be a part of it. And, and I'm going to make a big call here, and I think this conference that we're putting on this year specifically is I don't think you'll find better value for money um, attending the National Road Freighters Conference Association. Yeah, National Road Freighters <laughs> Association Conference. I haven't had anything to drink, guys, so I don't know what's going on there. But um, oh, it's been a long weekend. For long what you off. pay to come and attend our conference for the day, I don't think there is anything that compares to the value for money you're going to get with what we have lined up for the day. That's right. Mm. There are a few snacks and some drinks that along the way uh, provided, aren't there? Yeah, morning, afternoon, tea and lunch are all provided. Um, and, of course, when you come for the dinner, we're having main and and um, sweets. And then over at the Move Museum, we're going to have some nibbles and drinks over there as well. So... Well worth a look around. We had a, a little a little wander around there the other day on our way back. And yeah, it's awesome. Some interesting stuff in there to have a look at. So we've got a couple of hours there to have a drink. Yeah, and yeah a little wander. I mean, they might they might hijack the beautiful ninety five nine hundred I got because it, it should be in quite a place in there, but it might be <laughs> might be clean, might be dirty, but uh, you know we, we might bring it there. But I, we've got a little bit to do. I know I'm running a little bit late as we can. Yeah, but that generally is my life. <laughs> so but, um, one one yeah. day you make a time slot, you know, you, it'll happen. Oh, one day I might be a big super trucker and have time slot. One of these days. Most oh. don't reckon I've ever had a time slotted job. Always had to be there, but I've never had a time slot. Just on a day? Does that make sense? Or a week? I'll, yeah. I'll be there I don't think week. that does make sense. Next week, next week. So, so when, uh, if you want to be a part of the road freighters, uh, people can they come to the annual general meeting? Collect. Yes, if you want to join, you can also head to the website and join from there. Um, we are holding our AGM on the Friday night before at the Woolshed as well from 6pm. So if anyone wants to become a member and join and um, come to the conference and attend the AGM, they're more than welcome. Um, again, if you've got any questions or queries or if I can lead you in the right direction, let, just give me a call 0493 564 467 or email admin at and how much does it cost to join the National Road Freighters, Colette? So you can do a subscription, which is $11 a month, um, which is, what's that? 
11 bucks. $11 a month. It's pretty cheap <laughs> for what you bucks. get. I think you've got a board that works tirelessly and um, takes a lot of time and effort out of their own our own lives and, you know, at an expense to themselves. We are an organisation that is not, you know, we're not, not flush with money. So a lot of the times when our board members attend stuff, it's out of their own pocket and time off work. So, you know, I think for value for money and what the association does and where we've been in the last 12 months, um, I certainly believe that you cannot get a better association to be aligned with. Great value for money. Yeah. I spend more than 11 bucks a month on takeaway coffee, so... Exactly, exactly, you know, you know support, and, then, and that sort of, people joining, Mike, helps the other, the board members maybe be able to be compensated slightly for maybe their accommodation costs or travel costs to get to these events. Doesn't always compensate them for their loss of income, um, and certainly doesn't compensate them for time away from their families, And but it certainly may help us be able to support them a little bit more to be able to attend these um, things that they go to to try and make the industry better for all the everyone. Oh. There you go. Yeah, don't be there or just don't win. That's about the size of it. What more can we say? We can say it all nice and warm and fuzzy, but far out. You're going to whinge and carry on. Be there. It's Shepparton. It's not hard. It's easy to get to. It's ideally located. You know, you can make it a day trip out of Melbourne. If you, if you want to carry on, don't carry on dark because you've had an option. Be yeah. there. It's Saturday. Yeah. And Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saturday. You know, like, yeah, we'll be whoopee. You only get one day off. We all just get one day off. We're going to make it happen on Saturday. But there's people that do get one day off, i.e. the politicians, you know, the NHBRs, they're all coming, eh? Yeah. Mm, that's right. They are. Yeah, mm. yeah, so they've made a commitment. So if they want to make a commitment, I believe you need to make the commitment. Well, come along, put some names to some faces and uh, have a chance to have your say. Absolutely. There's going to be some great panel sessions there. The politicians sit there. You want to ask the uh, Minister for Transport a question? Yep. Then be there because they'll be on the panel. Yep. Put your, you know, hand, if you want, put your, put your hand, hand up. Put your hand up. Ask a question. Yep. Get it straight from the horse's mouth. Make your own mind up. Do your own research. That's it, Mike. Hundred percent. There you go. Right That's right. that. Get after it. Get after it. Get on. See it. Get on it. See That's you there. Mm. Oh, no, get after it myself. Yeah. So, Mike, we, we had a talk a bit earlier about some songs and things we might play. So, you you had a you had a pick for the night. I did ask Paul to send me some in, but he sent songs that are like ten minutes long. But <laughs> yeah, no, we'll see you good like that, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Great, great stuff. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Look, I love Paul. But I'll tell you what: some of his music sometimes is a little bit long. Why, whoa, 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 whoa! Everything <laughs> Paul puts out is good. As I've just been snuck up on in the shed here by the Minister of War and Finance, hanging yeah. for a fight. Then I reckon you'd try that again. Everything Paul does is good. Everything Paul plays is exceptionally good. Exceptionally good. Yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ. It's good music. But anyway, Mike, you, you picked one tonight. I, I did pick one. I, uh, I had a song dedicated to me by... Um, you forgot a name already, have you? I have not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done now. Fuck yeah. <laughs> you got very quiet, Mike. <laughs> but I, I, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was 
I was actually distracted. Something came up on my screen. Right. Phony 0491-825-633 if you can pick what song was in Mike's head. The song is called Addicted to the Diesel, right? Well, yeah, so the artist is... Jane Denham. Jane Denham. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, and we interviewed, we interviewed her on the podcast, Andy, Andy interviewed her, and she did tell me that, that I, I do like a little bit of her music mm. and that my favourite song was Addicted to the Diesel, so she dedicated the song to me on the show. That's a nice oh, song to dedicate to you, we, isn't it? We got great, um, it's an incredible song. Chuck and Christmas, I think, was one of her songs I got on the Warnable radio there the other day, Jane Denham. Yeah, no, she's pretty good. She's got a lot of... She's done a lot of uh, trucking songs, rocking with Ned and the you know, songs about the girl truckers and all that sort of stuff. She she is a she is a tireless worker. She's always out and about, always on the road, always doing something. Yeah. She is fantastic and legitimately yeah. one of the better country artists in the country. Certainly one of the most recognisable. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I apologise. I, I apologise. I got distracted by what was on my screen. It was. And this is why we don't touch our phones while driving, Michael. Yeah, well, correct. I'm not driving. I'm not driving. I'm sitting no, at home in the cage. <laughs> I'm sitting at home in the cage, and we'll talk about what appeared on my screen shortly. Well, correct. Do we need to though? Do we need no, to? no, we do. It's all about it's, hearing the phone. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Righto, guys, we'll go to the song. Addicted to Diesel, Jane Down. We'll be right back, everyone.
Welcome back, everybody. That was Michael. It was Addicted to the Diesel by Jade Denham. It was indeed. One of my favourite Jane Denham songs, I'll have you know. Well, we do know now. <laughs> yep. Yep. Do you already know her, Michael? No, no, she's a lovely lady to talk to. I've had several conversations with Jane. She's very nice. Yeah. yeah. Very good. She did a duet with Tony Justice. That was the last time Andy and I had a chat with her. Um, it was called Long Distance Love, at, and um, Tony Justice wrote the song, and it was through COVID that, that all that happened, and they were supposed to go and record it in the States. They ended up recording each of their tracks, uh, Jane in Australia, Tony in the States, and they put the thing together, and it came out on one of Tony's latest albums, the 18 Gears for Life album it came out on. And Andy and I did the, did the interview. Andy was in Brisbane. Jane was in Sydney. Tony was, I think, I think he was in Tennessee at the time. And I was at Streaky Bay in the caravan park, Yogi. Streaky Bay. <laughs> and great uh, part of the world. Great part of the world. And uh, no, so it was, a, it was an awesome interview. And uh, we had a great time doing it. We, we, we got... Uh, Tony and gave him a bit of an education on Australian slang. <laughs> yeah, I mean, next time you tell him, I call crabs with the neighbours at the Streaky Bay. Let's be telling that to Tony Justice. <laughs> oh, mate. Uh, we we, we, we a, bit of a bit of a joke with him because you know that the Americans call things different to what we do. Oh, they're funny. Uh, and so we, we, we got stuck in that. It was a great interview. I can't remember. I might look. I might try and look it up shortly and, and yeah. pass it on. But we need to talk about trucking stuff. It's Wednesday night. We've got a bit to talk about. Mm. We have. First item up on the agenda, the Little Topar Roadhouse has closed its doors after 35 years. Joe Lindsay's uh, shut the door there and found uh, they're still going to be selling fuel. But who doesn't remember Colin and Barb Harvey? I mean, they were like fixtures out there on the barrier highway. I used to like stop in the little taper. Yeah, we still, well, we still use little taper. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, and, and actually the fuel out the front is actually pretty cheap. Yeah. Well, I have yeah, never, ever driven past little taper. Well, there you go. I'm, Why is you've always, never not stopped there I've or you've never driven it. past there? I've always stopped there. <laughs> Well, we you should have driven out there, Craig. It's not that far out. No, like, you know, I'd imagine a man, a well-travelled man, of your knowledge yeah. would have been out through the far. No, been there, been there. Oh, I wouldn't say a lot, but been there a few times. So it's just one of those places yeah. that you you could not drive past because you you need to stop to support them. So, yeah. well, know. that Nemdale, you know, there's, there's sort of you know what three four hours between the two. And you kind of come out of Broken Hill. There's not much in Broken Hill, really. To be honest, your truck. Yeah, you no, can stop, and there is places, but yeah, you get out to Little Topar and yeah, mm. nice wide open area, and yeah, good little spot for for the road travellers, and uh, and like the fuel there is is a Dunning, no, a Dunning sort of word. Um, I don't want to anyway. Mm. Some yeah, Perry, Perry, it's the Perry Bowser twenty four seven, so you can't access all the time. So yeah, and it's actually it's it's on song for, for fuel. It might be a cent or two dear in somewhere else, but. Yeah, it's actually not too bad out there for film. But so it's sort of places that obviously we, we needed to support because this is what happens when we don't. So yeah, I, I was reading about this other, other morning and I was talking to a good friend of mine and we, we were just sort of chatting about, you know, why, because I hadn't read anything about the reasons why, but 
you know, he was saying to me, because he does travel that way a bit, um, that the road is actually fairly quiet nowadays. Yeah, well, that's one of the things that they say when mm. they, when the, in, the, uh, in the article that I've been reading, they said that there are a couple of main factors why they've closed the business. They had several days during COVID where they sort of only basically took 200 bucks a day, you know. Mm. They reckon that uh, the transport routes have changed. Yeah. It is a lot quieter out there now than it used to be. And obviously, I think that uh, the, the COVID pandemic that we had sort of uh, actually wrecked a lot of... Wrecked, you got it, didn't you, Yogi? Well done. I certainly did. Top of the class to you, Michael. Well done. The, uh, the, the, there's a lot of things that got destroyed as a result. A lot of way, we changed the way we do things. Companies, you know, started to focus on, you know, changeovers and doing things differently. And, of course, the drivers weren't allowed to go in anywhere and you had to be bloody vaccinated and you had to have certificates and all that crap. And you weren't allowed to sit down anywhere under pain of death and torture. Mm. And, of course, a lot of guys, you know, I know for me, I certainly started carrying me my tucker around with me more often, which meant I spent less money in roadhouses. Yeah, and, and I, um, I, I I'd go as far as to say that uh, because you like have alphabet road trains, you've opened more routes up because that used to be the main road train route to Adelaide, wasn't it? It did come yep, out that was. way. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Now, now if you if you've let more alphabet poop go south, <laughs> it's all over for them inland routes. Well, it is. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. it is a discussion we had today, then, Mike, about about that. Yeah. So we do talk about the efficiencies of of going this way and you know i hear plenty of arguments for and against but they are they simply are a more efficient way of moving freight in most instances but this is probably a a consequence that not everyone realizes can happen when you're taking a lot of vehicles off a off a freight route yep so well it's time that the the transport's just not out there anymore the barrier highways change drivers are struggling with the cost of living um, yep. You know, blokes are trying to do whatever they can to minimise their expenses on the road. One of those things now, and obviously, you know, we've got inverters and microwaves and fridges and all that sort of stuff in the truck now. It's pretty easy for mum to cook some tucker for you and chuck in the fridge and heat it up when you want it. Mm. And, um, you know, without putting too fine a point on it, some of the road houses you go to, you get, you know, rubbish and and uh, poor service and all the rest of it. Not like the roadie, though. And this is one of the reasons why the roadie does so well, because they have read the room. They know what drivers want. They know how to get them to stop there. Unfortunately for little Topar, the traffic wasn't there to sustain it. They're saying, you know, an athlete's coming in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, that's a, it's just a crying shame. It was a great little roadhouse. I, when I was running between Brisbane and, and Adelaide Cart and Steel, I used to stop there going both ways. Mm. Mm. You know, always had a always had a feed. Colin was always good for a laugh. You know, mm. but a lot, a lot of the bigger fridge companies now they you know basically anything Adelaide or or Perth from Brisbane now is actually or quite a considerable amount actually travels down through Wagga and across. Yeah, just that the, the trailers keep moving because along those routes there's there's opportunity for changeovers where heading across that way there's you know where where you where do you do your changeover where's the population 
and all that. Yeah, where, where can you get drivers? Where the population is? Mm, just where, from, you know, from where can you get little tow bars? So, I, I have. I've, there's been a few things I've read and a few emails and messages about. You know that it's that's log books and cameras that that have killed that route. But I I don't think that would be the case. But yeah, prove me wrong. Oh, yeah, I'd, I'd be happy to start. I'd be happy to throw safety cameras in because I just don't like them. So <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to chuck them in. No worries at all. So that's that's what well, well, that's what did it, Yogi. Like Definitely then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. probably going put us. Oh, well, there is a safety camera broken in. Like well, you sort of belt through things. That's what I mean. Mm. Well, Lindsay and me. Kim Starkey uh, have shut the doors. I don't know what they're going to go and do now, though. Yeah, that's, uh, that's it. Buddy Fuel's still going to be there, apparently, so I don't know. Yeah, it's a 24 7 swipe a card at the Bowser top thing. It's like a 40 foot container for fuel. Yeah. So you can you can access that 24 7. Hope the place doesn't fall into disrepair and get graffiti. That sort of stuff, but it'll be terrible if it does. Mm. Well, there is, there is toilet there out. There's so a shower block outside there, isn't it? No, yeah. no, 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 no. Shower block no. inside. Yeah, right. yeah, in, in behind, in behind the residence, I suppose. So you yeah, sort of. Yeah. I mean, they always look after truck drivers there, but the, the rolling public would never get a shower there. The, so that'll stop. The rolling people. public. Yes. The yeah, rolling public. Hmm. Well, they're caravans. Well, well, more what you can't call them. Modern day gypsies, that's sounds bad, you know. Like, well, yeah, rolling public. Mm. Well, most of them have got a, ca- a, a, a shower in their caravan here, don't they? Yeah, well, yeah, well, it's true. If you're fancy, you know, but you're limited, you know, that's the whole other thing, too. You've got to carry water, and hopefully, you don't run heavy on the drawbar when you're carrying water. Mm. Oh, heaven forbid, look out, look out, look out, look out, don't get controversial. Well, we're going to Wednesday night live. Oh, <laughs> I, I suppose that covers little tape. It really doesn't. Buddy, shame. It's the end of an era. Where is it shut now or is it shut in? No, mate, right? it's gone. Finished. Shut. shut the doors the other day. Okay. Well, again, I was just bringing out, you know, the boarding, the rolling economy with my rolling population, caravan. <laughs> Between Broker Hill and Will Canning. What if, where are you going to get something out there now? Emdale. Emdale, yeah, yeah, and that's it. I mean, yeah, like there is, there is options. The Cobar, Cobar, what's that other joint out there? Broken Hill, you know, and where do you stop at Broken Hill? Where do you stop at Broken Hill? Well, you don't. That's the whole thing. There is options there, but you've got to park somewhere and you know, foot in it, which is all good if you want to, you know, find your twenty. You can park somewhere and walk back and get a coffee or something like that. There is. Or drop Places some trailers in, and in go for a drive. Hills. Drop your trailers, which I hate. Dropping trailers, I don't know. Bad I, 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 I don't I like, like dropping, dropping trailers. trailers. Yeah. Just come back in your spare tyres and we miss them, but don't worry about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or you've got to hook them back up again. That, <laughs> you know, it just feels like there's elements that can go wrong when you hook up, but that, I don't know, I'm not going to hook up nearly as much as I should. Well, so, that yeah. is the case. Like you look at some companies now that do do changeovers and they actually just change the driver. Because of the risk of yeah. damage from unhooking trucks, yeah. which because we because we got got unqualified idiots driving trucks that shouldn't be driving them, is that what you're trying to say? Um, That's a massive. Mate, if you cannot door. seriously, if you if if you cannot safely unhook and hook up a prime mover from a trailer, 
and back a truck, then, in my opinion, you should not be anywhere near driving one. But if you're, you're going forward, if you're you going for a driving test, so that's what you do. You go for a driving test. You don't. Well, why is it that so many of these people that you see running around now can't back a B-double to save themselves? Well, that is actually part of the driving test. But I know, I know it is. But how come they've got their license? Yeah. <laughs> but actually, yeah, unhooking right. and, and hooking up a trailer isn't. And like I, I, I mean, I don't, know, I don't know if I'd do it in the most professional. I don't. Reason, no, I don't reckon it is. Forget your license. No, no. Yeah. But I, well, you know, I people you're not, might watch no me and say, the truck if you can't do it." Yeah, but people might watch me and say, "Geez, you're not, you know, you're not very efficient in." in I've watched you hopeless, mate. Thanks. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But one one thing that I always you do is get out and have a look. I don't care what, how good or where you think mm-hmm. it is or what it is. You always get out and have a look. You do. That's that's a rule. Get out and look. Mm. And when you're you the place for the busted so, jaws and things like that. Saves huge amounts of embarrassment and expense and mm. money don't, boss and don't talk to anyone <laughs> when you're doing it. If you're going to do it, get a routine. Don't turn around. Don't be on your phone. Don't mm. back under it. Think you'll wind them legs up in half an hour's time when you think about it. You won't. I'm going to tell it. you. I'm going to tell you a secret. I'm going to. I'm going to expose myself here. <laughs> Right. When I, when, luckily, luckily when I was, we are on the radio. <laughs> luckily we're on the radio. When I was an owner driver, and I, I had a few guys working for me, and I had you know, a couple of trucks running around and all that sort of thing, I had my uh, my one experience with um, with dropping a trailer. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was on the freaking phone yep. trying to organise a load. And I got disturbed halfway through the process, and I failed to uh, push the thing back properly. And uh, I did yeah. a bit of a did a little bit of a tug test, but you know it wasn't obviously adequate. <laughs> and I drove forward, and I dropped it down onto the chassis rail. Like I, I saw it go. I was lucky it went straight away. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there was an element of luck there. Of course, no small amount of embarrassment. There was a big, there was an audience, <laughs> and uh, of course there always is when you do something like that. Yeah. And uh, so we, you know, thankfully for airbags, we jacked jacked it up and some blocks of wood, and it was a little bit painful. And there were some guys come over and, and gave me a hand. Of course, the blokes that were there have never let me hear the end of it. But the key thing is. I was on my phone. So now my rule when I am hooking, unhooking a trailer or doing anything with my pre-trip or post-trip or anything like that, the phone's in the cab. Mm. Mm. I don't take it with me. Don't answer the phone. Don't even do it. And mm. I've ne- probably never seen. So that would be my don't. one key yeah. piece of advice. Don't, don't start don't. a conversation with someone. Don't start a conversation with someone next year. Yeah. And, yeah, and, 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 and don't do. come to me. If I'm looking up a truck, don't come over to me. I'm not yeah. going to talk to you. I love talking yeah. to people, but I'm not going to talk to you. <laughs> and, and if you do get disturbed, start at the freaking start. Go yeah, through it all start. again. Yeah, start your process again. All right. Yeah. And actually, okay, you, you've done a bit of train work there, Mike. We've, you know, fuel is great. I mean, road train is a road train. Yes, we've got dollies, I understand it, but. That, uh, that feeling when you're pulling a triple out of Wuben and you go, have I checked that dolly? Have I checked that pin? Have that, I checked that dolly? Have I checked that pin? Have I checked that dolly? Have I done that pin? You just, it all you coming did. along. 
You can all come coming along because it's not going to be nice. It's not leave a bit behind. Walking the Great Northern Highway in some way. Oh, doesn't even oh. bear thinking about, does it? I oh, know, I oh, know, I oh, know. We, we, we looked at a job there. We, we looked at a job doing uh, Coles refrigerated uh, out of Perth, Albany. And, and, mm. and the thing that stopped me is that every night at 10 o'clock, you'd have to hook up a road train. Right. Yeah, every night. Basically, 300 days of a year, you're hooking up a road train at 10 o'clock at night. And I thought, you know what? That's just a recipe for disaster. Mm. It's it's, it's got air on it, hasn't it? I mean, it it stopped us from doing it. Yeah, the run was good. The run was set. The run was a contract. It was was pre-me sort of looking to become an owner-driver. We investigated it. We looked at it. But every night between 9 and 10 p.m., you have to be hooking up a road train. And I'm like, I don't reckon I need that much pressure in my life. It's, a, it's all right. It's all right if it's a nice night and you can yeah, see, yeah. you know, correct. But yep. when it's pissing rain and blowing a gale, yeah, the winter, yep, um, then it gets a little bit uncomfortable. You get a little bit yeah. sad with it. I know, speaking from experience, because mm. you rush it. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, after you've done it for after you've done it a few times, it becomes. Second nature. I mean, when I was carting the steel between Brisbane and, and and Adelaide, we we had we had to split up in Toowoomba and up in Condamine Street in Toowoomba. We would split up and 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 drag the trailer down. So I was you know, putting it together and pulling it apart all the time. Yeah, and it, and it got to the point where it, it became second nature, and it's not as hard as it looks, you know. But having said that, now driving a truck's not as hard as it looks either until you get into something bigger. You know, I know yeah. the first time I got behind the wheel of a quad, shit, there's a lot of truck in the mirror there, boy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, you know? I know, I know. So, you know, I, I understand. Wheeling out of with three boss crosses on the truck coming behind you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, you gotta, you got to do the job. But as I said, I don't think if you if you can't back a truck up and you can't unhook uh, un- 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 it back up again, and you really got no business driving a truck in this country. That's my just, opinion, anyway. Just got a message yeah. from from Trevor Warner. It's got the problem with the driving test is you only have to reverse in a straight line, not round a corner. Yes, that's an issue too. So it's not, you know, people aren't really developing a, a different sort of skill set. You know, although most people will be taught that, you know, if you've got to back onto a dock, make sure you get it straight first. But yeah, straight first, then baby steps. But it's not always the case. You can't always do that. It's like, yeah, you talk about that job of having to hook up a road train every night. Well, that's all good and well, but if it becomes in a hookup area where someone's left another dolly or something in, yeah. in a precarious spot and then you you have to manoeuvre trailers or, you know, put a dolly onto a trailer that's, that's straight but you're sort of bent around a bit bit to, to actually do that that's when the damage happens particularly you know in those scenarios you're normally on your own so you don't really have anyone there to sort of spot you to give you a hand and and we all know that that is not a bad thing sometimes well that's the hardest part isn't it i mean <clears throat> i don't know about other guys now they do it i always used to you know, throw a set of gloves on the ground with lined up with where the eye was and you know, on the dolly and, and all that sort of thing. And, you, you know, you could measure the height of your dolly on your leg. I used to do that and, you know, wind the buddy dolly up to the right height and wind the eye up to the right height for the ring feeder and all that. So, I mean, everyone's got their own little tricks of how they do things. Mm. Um, 
I always found it hard to back a dolly behind a trailer. It was like because the trailer's long and the dolly's short and the dolly could end up anywhere, you know. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Just, got, just got harder that at night time, particularly if your marker lights weren't working real good on your dolly. Uh, you know? yeah. Sorry, that tra- <laughs> yeah. tax come from Trevor Vale too, not Trevor Warner. Sorry about that, Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> Both Trevors? Yeah. Both Trevors. Both Trevors. Well, yeah. both Trevors that have a bit to say about it. I had a wicked rumour that uh, that um, Trevor Warner had a bloody bit of a close call the other night with some water on the road. Don't know. Haven't heard. Hmm? It'll do. There, Trev. Give us a ring and tell us about it, mate. If you're in North Queensland at the moment, I could imagine that's hmm. probably. Well, moving on to the next possible. story, it sort of sort of covers it a little bit. A lot of blokes are, are stuck up in. Uh, Northwest Queensland, there's a bit of flooding going on up there. I'll have a talk about that for a few minutes. There's a bit of flooding in the southeast too. <laughs> well, a bit of flooding all over the place. I know. I know. Bear Journey was flooded in at home the other day. He sent me a picture. Mm. Oh, I reckon it was just an excuse. No commitment at all. He should have got the floaties out to go to work. We we're only discussing that with him when we we're up there, thinking if you get flooded in here, that wouldn't be too bad. Because if he got flooded up on where he is, you'd be. Yeah. A whole lot of the whole lot of Australia would be in trouble, I think. But it, um, yeah, we, we were talking about how how much supply you need to have there, just in case. Just in case. Mm. Well, the outback centres of Kyuna, McKinley, and all along the Landsborough Highway between Winton and Cloncurry, usually fairly dry out there. They're usually you know blowing the dust out, but uh, in the after the cyclone, they've had a fair bit of bit of uh, water up there. Uh, that hit Townsville on July the 25th, and now all these small towns are pretty much cut off. Um, Kyuna is on the uh, Diamantina River, uh, so a bit of, fl- bit of flooding in the Diamantina, and the Blue Eela pub has suffered some major flood damage. Oh yeah, There's nothing worse That's than when it. the pub has damage. That's not good. Right. So anyway, there you go. There's been a, there's a little bit of water up there. They're, going to, they're talking about having an outback carnival now. Oh, outback what? Sorry, an outback surf carnival. <laughs> yeah, well, I know down on the Warrego here, there's been yeah some quite quite big falls. You know, 250, 300 mil overnight. Yeah, some of them within a few hours, and and um, yeah, it, luckily in a way that it's the water's come up quickly and gone down quickly, so. Yeah, you know, roads haven't been cut for too long, but all that water is still moving, and yeah, will probably cause a bit of grief further on down the river, I would imagine. Well, as far as I know, the Landsborough Highway is still closed near McKinley. Um, they expect it to be shut for some time. Obviously, uh, police are urging, are urging everyone to uh, think about where they're going up there and plan their routes. Make some uh, make some conversation and find out what's going on. Uh, I just got a message from the Paul, and he sent me um, some things. They're saying that their supplies are bourbon, beef, and beer. They're good. <laughs> They're all good. Yeah. Why, why the am I not Why am I not amazed? It's a image of that. The roadhouse there, Kyuna, too. She's looking um, yeah, she's quite well underwater. It, it's pretty bloody bad, isn't it? So you've got all that. So you've got these guys up there with their trucks that are parked all over the place. They've got 
it next to no facilities, mm. um, it's a problem. I mean, uh, Gary Martin from the Queensland Trucking Association has been going on for quite some time about the fact, and so is Cam Dumsney over in the West, been going on for quite some time about how we require some all-weather roads in this country. It seems every time, and it's, it's happening every every year, sometimes twice a year. We're getting these places that are, you, know, you can't move anything anywhere. Yeah. We've got They'll a caller too coming in. Okay, well, so you we, want to grab that? Well, we grab this. Um, yeah, not on air yet, but but going to be. Right. So. Right, right, I will. Um, Who have we got here? It's LJ. How are you going, LJ? Oh, it's good. How are you? Good. Oh. Good. Do you know this person? What do you... Ah, <laughs> yeah, Lucinda Jane. Why now? What are you doing now? You you have just gone to ag school, yeah, and we yes. were, and I think I think you've got to wander off soon to go and do something. So you've been there for twenty four hours now. How is how is marriage and ag going for you? It's going really good, really good. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. Eh? So you will you will look. I haven't spoke to you for a little bit, so you know. But we must, uh, you know, I must give you call. You, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you what do you so Narragenag? So there's about 120 students that have made it to Narragenag. Yeah. And you're one of them. And, and you're one. Yeah, I'm one this of them. It's pretty pretty exciting sort of thing. What do you plan on doing for the good listeners on the road radio? What do you plan on doing at Narragenag? So I want to get like um, doing to the mechanics side. I'm really looking forward to the trades and all that sort of stuff because the trades are really big. So, yeah, it should be really good. And so can you explain the concept of where, where you are to the listeners? Because as you, as you well know me, I'm your dad. And, uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I never had – we never had uh, boarding school where we were – where yes. I grew up. So. So, so the concept of boarding school to West Australians is pretty common, but can you explain what you do? So basically, I'll just give you the rundown. So this morning you get a wake-up call at like 7 o'clock over the PA and then you you can go have breakfast from 7 to 8 and you have cooked breakfast and all that sort of stuff. And then you have between 8 and 9 to be ready and all that sort of stuff. You get a dorm check, all that, like that. And then you go to class... So I today I had science, class, English, maths, English again, and then health. So today was my class day, whereas tomorrow I have um, trades. So I have construction for half the day, and then I have automotive for the other half. Cool. Yeah. And then, so so, so in, in the trade side of it all, you, like you could build a veranda. You could build a house could. in the automotive. You could rebuild a motor, eh? Like, you're not... Yeah. This is a proper trade... Yes. ...ag school. Yeah. So lots of them have built like, uh, built, like, trailers and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that. So in a few weeks, yeah. you'll be able to build a new shed at home and, and service the truck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, the truck... Truck will be due for service when I get back in a couple of weeks. So when you get home next weekend or the weekend after, you can yep. slide under there and give it a grease and check it all out for me. Okay. Okay. 
How was your first <laughs> night at Ag School, LJ? Hi, it's Colette, by the way. Hi, Colette. It was good. Um, yeah, it was good. Nice. Yeah. Your the mum, bed's pretty comfortable. Your mum sent so. me a picture of your dorm room. It looks quite nice, actually. Yeah. Well, I yeah. think she posted all over Facebook. She did, and she yeah. I think she did also say she believes that's the cleanest the room will be ever. <laughs> oh, I don't know. If they've got dorm checks in there, I, I don't know. I reckon, yeah, it's sort of a, bit, a, bit of a, a bit of a contrast there. It's, um, there was uh, male, male and female students go to this school, so there's a couple of male kids that we know go up there. They took probably a bag of clothes and a pair of boots to their yeah. dorm room, and that was it, whereas Lucy took... Maybe a quarter of her stuff out of her room, which doesn't look like she's taken out of it, but she's decked the whole room out up there. So it looked pretty so smooth. It, it, it was a very interesting contrast yesterday between the boys and girls going into the class today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I like my room. I just, yeah, decked it all out. So hopefully, well, it has to, it does, it has to stay clean. Like, so when they do their dorm checks at like 8 45, you know, your bed's going to be made, you've got to be in full uniform, you've got to have nothing on the floors, nothing on the benches, like, so the cleaners can come in and do their little clean and stuff like that. Yep. So, pretty lucky you get a cleaner to go in there. Yeah, well, they only wipe down the bench and the deal bin. So, yeah. Yeah, you got to keep it clean. So, so if you keep your room clean and then you wash the truck for me, uh, what are the chances of getting the truck washed? If you, sorry, if you grease the truck, what's the chance of getting the truck washed for me? Yeah, I probably could do that. <laughs> yeah, right, eh? Right, eh? Because it's, it's, it's been pointed out to me that I need to wash the stump and the dip centers. Please and thank you. Mm. Every week. <laughs> Every week. <laughs> week. I think it was it week, can't leave the week. yard, wasn't it? Cannot leave the yard. Yeah, I know. And it must have. It must have. And I left that certain yard where them dish centers and, uh, you know, something got washed. I left there very, very dirty. Mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> I didn't want to put you out when I left that. Probably a little dusty too, I'd imagine. We were all a little bit dusty, I think, that day. But mm. so there you go, Lucy. If you want to step the level up, next level, you've got to be, uh, yeah, you've got to be hand washing dish centers, dip out, <laughs> and, and all that as well, all right, if you want the next level. So, yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Because it was pointed yeah. out that you seem to clean the roadhouse and the storage room and everything else better than your own bedroom. So, so I suppose, you know, like if you're working, you must clean everything else better than you do at home. <laughs> yeah. Um, I spent three hours on the drinks, like, because we have a storeroom. It's got all the drinks in it to chop up the drinks fridge and stuff. And I spent three hours reorganising that and cleaning it. Cool. So... Yeah. Yeah. Well, but that's yeah, good. definitely. That's excellent. Yeah. But, so, well, we're, we're super proud of you. Super proud of you for going to the Narragansett School. It's just a big step for you and your uh, listeners. You're not 15 yet. Yeah. 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 So I'm 15 in March. Yeah. So once I'm 15, I can get more of like the licenses and stuff to do stuff around like the farm um like car like driving cars and all that sort of stuff and the machinery cool so you can't really do much until you're 15 which i'm 15 in march so it's not that's away. pretty good yeah you get you get to drive an excavator and a bulldozer too don't you 
Yep. So by the end of it, basically by the end of it, they said we get to drive everything here except the school buses. (laughs) So there's like headers, trucks, um, utes, like everything. Tractors. I hope, yep. I hope, Lucinda, you do better than what I did at the simulator at the Golden Convoy for kids. With the, <laughs> what was that, Yogi? I was practising with the buckety scoop thing. Excavator. Uh, yeah, I hope you do better than what I did, Lucinda. <laughs> yeah, that was not real. <laughs> I think Colette's still loading a dump truck. It was, it was taking that long. But anyway, it was good. She was getting one shovel at a time. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, dear. I don't think Andy Dolph will ring you for a job, though, Khaled. I don't uh, think you're out in the excavator for him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I reckon if I practice long enough, I could be. I could be. I don't think I'd be oh, number yeah. one, but I'd definitely be in the top three. Top three in the world? With Lockie in that, I think it's. Uh, well, well, there it is. Seems, challenging seems like a competition now, doesn't it? <laughs> Oh dear! Oh, Mike, that's very negative. <laughs> no, I was there. I was there. I witnessed the performance. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I was about as bad though. I'm hopeless. I couldn't do it. So I love driving excavators. You can't teach anyone how to drive an excavator. You've actually got to let them do it. Yeah, you've just it's got to be an uncoordinated person who can move your hands in different directions and sort of use the force to make it all happen, I think. That's yeah, you've got, to, you've got to be sort of ambidextrous down, lift left, pull right, drop down, and look the truck load. Mm. That is that all right, let's do it again. <laughs> lift left, look look right, turn left, flew the other way, look the truck load. It's okay, do it again. And you really never know your level of competency until you've ripped the bows out of your own truck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's a whole other level, isn't it? You know, so, when you yeah. think you're, when you think you're pretty confident, think again. Yeah, and you realise that it's that little twitch too far to the right on one particular lever, and yeah. So, Lucy, there's going to be a lot, lot of inductions this week because it is 42 or 43 degrees where you are in the next couple of days, so. I don't think you'll be welding trays and, and doing all that, but I think you you do a bit of a week of inductions and, and just, just yeah. a bit of a general safety overview, don't you, now? And it, it's it's yeah. really, really well-run school. Yeah, well, because yeah. I think it should be... Like, I think we've got over safety and that sort of stuff today, especially because well, I'm pretty sure it's the same as what at school in Kitanning. Um, you got The first week, you sort of got to go through safety and all that sort of stuff. And then, um, yeah, so hopefully next week when it's cooled down, um, I'll actually get to do, like, start doing it all and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. So do you go home on the weekends, LJ? Um, I'm looking to go home on the weekends, but I'm not sure about this weekend because they have um, got – we're going to Coolin, the water slide. Oh, okay. So um, I probably will go to that on Saturday. And then mum and dad said they might come up to Narragin because um, there's Speedway on in Narragin. So they might take me to that on Saturday. Nice. So, and then. So that, that was next... why you're not coming home this weekend because Speedway was on. It's just like, I mean, you, you said that the other day. I'm not coming home this weekend because yep. Speedway's on. <laughs> yeah. And then next weekend, <laughs> next weekend, I've got um, country basketball. So, 
So you're not coming home for a month, is that what you're saying? Yeah, basically three weeks or so. Three, four weeks. So, I mean, what did you say to me at the dinner the other night? Well, you're going to Melbourne, so what's the point? <laughs> yeah. Don't say it like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going away for a couple of weeks, you know. <laughs> I reckon that's pretty cute. You know, Dad's not going to be home, so there's no point coming home. Stop yeah, it. Well, well, you, you do have a mother and a grandma I was, gonna, here I was just about to well, say, you know, your I mother would love to see you. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and yeah. your nanny's here. They, 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 I mean, they love you just as much, you know, but I get it. You know, like you, you've got commitments. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, uh, after sort of the first few weeks, I will definitely be coming home most weekends because I'm going to keep working, playing netball and all that sort of stuff at home. So, yeah, good. <laughs> After a while. Just going to work. Yeah. Oh, that's my daughter. Yep. <laughs> yep. These are the years, Yogi, where you just, we've got a nearly 17-year-old and he's very rarely here in and out to eat and sleep sometimes, so. Yeah, well, it's just sort of we someone asked us the other day, oh, we had friends of ears over from England, and they were saying, oh, you know, yeah, Lucy's out, you'd be nearly empty nesters. I said, oh, well, Jack, still, we still know Jack comes home because there's a two-minute noodle bowl in the sink most lunchtime. <laughs> so we know he's still here somewhere. We know he hasn't quite left yet, and every and once a month, whether he needs it or not, he puts his washing out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, which is oh, terrible. dear. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Right, all right, Lucy. Well, you better go and do. You've got activities, I think, in the next 10 minutes. So clean your room. Yeah. You know, clean your room and get yourself ready. And um, but and it's great there that you're in a, a dorm with 16 other girls and the difference between yeah. sort of year 10, 11 and 12. So it so, seems like you have a good bunch of people. And, um, yeah, we're, we're super proud of you. And, uh, yeah, we, we miss you. Yeah, I miss you all too. It's only been a few hours, like a couple hours. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Enjoy right. your Thank you, Colin. Later. See ya. Later. See ya. Bye. 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 Right, eh? Well, there you go, Yogi. Your daughter misses you, eh? <laughs> yeah, she was dead keen to call in before. You know, I know she's got to go. They've got something going on at 5 o'clock. Or I think they, they, they sort of structure... They sort of reckon the first week or two, it's kind of like going on camp. They, they're sort of really tired and, and just finding their feet. But then, you know, the couple of weeks after that, it might, it might change a little bit and they might want to sort of head home. But, yeah, she was she was dead keen to ring in and tell us tell us about the uh, about the trade side of all. I, I, I know it's, it's hard as a visual, you know, for the radio, but their trade centre at Marriage and Asheville is second to none. You, 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 real, you won't find a better opportunity if you've got someone that's got the desire to go forward. And, I mean, she's already tried to be poached by a couple of customers of ours that they kind of go, she's down to Nary today. We want her as soon as she finishes up at the school. Yeah, right. To start the trade. Yeah, to start the trade. And even, even, you know, like so now our son, Jack, he started his apprenticeship at 15 and a half. So you're sort of looking, you know, 6, 8, 10, 12 months in, they can actually go to work full time. Yeah, right. Well, they yeah. must be doing a great job at the school if, if their um, graduates are, are sought after. Yeah, and, and it's an, a selection process. And it's semi... They just, they're not private and they're not government-funded fully. Mm-hmm. So we pay fees for Lucy to be there, but it's semi-something semi, semi something or other, but it's all selected process. 
So Lucy's been through interviews. She's been to open days. She's had to show her grade. She's had to show her attendance level. Everything relies on the person, the act, how you are, how you react, how you you know how you turn up, and your punctuation and all that. It all so there's a lot in it. So to get to this point, we we thought she might have slipped a little bit last year. She lacked a little bit of an attendance issue last year, but had a few issues with the knee and a few other things, and we thought she might have slipped away. But she got it, and we're uh, yeah, we we sort of pretty proud of it. Yeah, cool, awesome. Mm. All right. There you go. Right, eh? Back to truck and stuff. Back, Back to truck and stuff. So we're, talking, we're in the middle of talking about the all-weather roads and the fact that Cam Dumsney and Gary Mann have both been rattling on about this for quite some time. I remember, mm. you know, back in the day when I was carting cars up to, uh, up to Cairns, they were always carrying on about how we were going to get everything fixed on the Bruce Highway and they... Did a heap of work up around Silkwood and all that sort of thing when I was up there. Um, we're still having these same issues. None of it has changed. Um, what do you reckon, Yogi? I mean, we see the Fitzroy River Bridge and everything up there, up in the northwest. Have you heard much about what's going on up there up north? I've heard uh, Mick Jacobson say he was flown home because his, his tanker was stuck up there. Of course, he flown home and landed in Perth and they opened the road. <laughs> yeah, so water water through Vic River through the through the roadhouse. Um, water through Timber Creek through yep. the shops in Timber Creek. Yep. Uh, the Fortescue River has never had water that high. At what wow. I mean, in so we we <laughs> we're in a climate crisis. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we are apparently to some do-gooders in the world, but they've never seen so much water. And, and when when that Fitzroy River got washed away, there was enough water that went down that river to supply Perth for twenty years. Wow, yeah, that's the power of water. Yeah, you know, so so all, there's a lot there's a lot going on. And when when we flew out to uh, the Caroid on the weekend, we walked through the terminal and we just got to the point where they canned the flight. Mm. So there was about a hundred FIFO blokes that went straight to the pub and thought, well, we can't fly up there. We might as well have a couple of stubbies and bring our, you know, respected partners and come pick them up. They were all cheering and carrying on and they thought I was part of it. So, hey, a couple of days off, boys. I'm like, ah, no, I've got to go to work. So I went yep. on the plane. But it's, 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 it's an issue. And being a single road, we are, there's only two or three roads. We had this discussion with Mate Name to Take on the weekend that there's the Great Northern Highway and then there's the Coastal Highway and then there's the Great Eastern. So there's only three roads in Western Australia and there's only one road once you get up Headland. So if you can't get through, you're done. It's just right. shut it down, all finished. There is nothing to see. That's right. We've got someone that's probably got something to say about that. So what do you reckon, Paul? I have a confession to make. <laughs> Welcome, Paul Virginie, to the show. Paul's got a confession. Is this the, is this the confession tonight, is it? Father, Father Mike, I've let you down. Have you, have you brother Paul, why is that, mate? Father Mike, I've let you down. Have you? So, on the Warrigo Highway... I said, God bless you, Father, for I have sinned. Bless you, Father Mike, for I have sinned. 
Well, should we be sitting in a little box here with a bit say. of a blacked-out mesh? You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah anyway, no names. We'll, we'll call him Paul for the purpose of the radio. I can imagine Mike uh, really sitting in a confessional booth somewhere, particularly on the side that receives a confession. Indeed. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's, let, let, as let, you were, Paul, let, let, as you were. <laughs> So as as you know, we've had some wet weather in South East Queensland. Yes. <coughs> and lo and behold, lo and behold, the Warrigo Highway just inland of Gatton right. at, at the crossroads, there's a little shop called Being Meaning to Stop There. It's been there for a thousand years. Have you stopped there? Went underwater and closed yesterday. Again. Wow. Now, really? Really? Yes. So I've I've reached out to Jim McDonald, who is our local federal MP. Yes. And to Scott Buckholes. Buck Buck Buckholes. Buck it's yes. with a k not t yeah. Not, yeah, not saying but anyway, Buckholes, yes. Buckholes. Thank you, Nick. And and this isn't the first time I've done this and asked the question very politely on behalf of on the road media. Yeah. Can you please explain to me it why in the 21st century a major freight route like the Warrego Highway, a federal highway, still goes underwater when we have a minor rain event? Mm. Now, there was reports yesterday, there was reports yesterday of ambulances in Toowoomba that were on a rotating waiting list to want to transfer patients to Brisbane, they're obviously not critical enough because they they would have been airlifted, but they were still obviously unwell, and they could not get to Brisbane because the Warrego Highway was closed. Not to mention, not to mention all the incoming and outgoing freight service. So I've asked the question about to both of those uh, federal members who I believe should have an answer for us. Why? Why is this still occurring? And please don't give me the state-federal runaround. But as I say, I've let you down. I've had no answer. Well, that that doesn't surprise me. No response. No answer. It's just. It's just the way it is. Uh, Jim McDonald did come back to me and say, oh, yes, we're looking at it. <clears throat> well, you've been looking at it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Federal uh, federal Labor and Liberal governments have been looking in that particular spot on the Warrego Highway for probably 30-plus years. They keep looking yeah. at it, yet nothing gets done. Well, to, to use... Uh a well-worn phrase, mate. Politicians are very good at standing around admiring a problem, <laughs> and uh, you know, and, and and as long as we can perhaps send it to a committee, uh, and we can talk about how we're looking at it. Maybe we're, am I just getting too cynical now? No, nah, go Wednesday. Hold your ears back. Um, make, it, make it happen. <laughs> you know, I, I just I, I just struggle with this whole the whole thing. I mean, I, I did a little bit of estimation about how much fuel excise we we pay just the transport industry it's it's in the billions it would be extraordinary amount of money extraordinary amount it's seven and a half billion a year mate we pay Mm. just in excise Mm. on diesel 
course, where does it go, Father all... Mike? Hey? Where does it where go? Does it go, go where Father it doesn't Mike? Go. It go... Well, a lot of it's going to Ukraine and um, Gaza. Oh, yeah, let's and... hope they can build their roads better over there. <laughs> you know, I mean, they were, saying there, they were saying there the other day, I mean, talking about just in America, and I had a bike pop up and said, let this sink in. Um, Joe Biden's done more for Gaza in this term of government than he's done for America in the last 50 years. Well, I reckon Albo, I reckon Albo has done more for Gaza and the Ukraine in this term of government than he's done for any bloody Australian. We've got people living rough on the street. We've got people that can't get a house. We've got Correct. people that we got, can't drive around our bloody roads, you know. We've got politicians flying all over. Why the hell are these bloody politicians flying to bloody Perth for a, for a conference? Have these pricks not heard of video conferencing? You know, I, I'm, I'm absolutely fed up with it. Mm. You know, there, there's just so much stuff that we should be doing inside this country for us. The fact that the, the fact that a major highway, Gatton, can be shut by some water, someone needs their ass being kicked for that. They, they need a severe size 10 up the backside. It is not good oh. enough. The other thing that, you know, the other thing that frustrates me is <clears throat> the inland rail project, which is now stopping at the border mm. for the next five or six years, is not going to yeah. come north of, north of Queensland border because no one wants the thing coming through the Lockyer Valley. So mm. they spent all that money and yet the Warrigo Highway still closes to ambulances. Buses. There's a lot of um, passenger buses that run between regularly between Toowoomba and Brisbane because what we should have is a high-speed passenger rail between Toowoomba and Brisbane. But, oh, no, we can't have that. So yesterday, all the commuters that were trying to get between Toowoomba and Brisbane, including passengers in ambulances and including our critical freight carriers, could not get through on a national highway. It is a freaking disgrace. Mm. It is a disgrace. And, it and is I, a disgrace. And that bridge and that too there, on that particular point, what, once the water does go down, they have to wait for an engineer to come out and approve it for, to open, even with 100 mil of water over it. Mm. You know, Craig, yep. I have yeah. given up. I have given up asking what the hell is going on with the outbound Bremer River Bridge. <laughs> I've, 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 I've asked TMR, I've asked TMR Public Relations, I've asked the TMR Engineering Group again on behalf of Truck and Life and on the road radio. Can you please explain to us why there is a 60 kilometre an hour speed limit through there? There's obviously something wrong with the bridge. Mm. Nothing. Our engineers are looking into it. Yeah, well, yeah. They'll call them, just ask them if they've got any bloody mirrors because they're always looking into things. What's they call that Morris Yemmer, that, wouldn't it? And it's funny funny enough, as you know, as a a writer for Truck and Life, I've looked in the mirror and uh, once upon, you know, once upon a time you look back at Truck and Life and you do read that the Bruce Highway and the Warrigal Highway was shut in 1982 for floods. You wouldn't exactly read about right, it. Yes, you would. Truck and lot, and we've we're documented again. Ironically, we're looking back on something that he's looking forward. Yeah. How the hell does Queensland get around? Well, Very slowly when it rains. 
story in a boat. Yeah, and uh, you know, you, you went for a few years there with no rain, but generally as a rule of thumb, it's always going to rain in Queensland. Well, particularly let's, in let's, summer. Nah. <laughs> yeah, particularly in summer. Correct. As, yeah. as, as, as no one had a look at what goes on at the Burdekin every year. Can't believe it. Mm-hmm. Well, I suppose. I suppose. Just in line with what we've been talking about, a lack of work on the road, the government doesn't seem to have any problem putting up road user charges. No, they don't. They, uh, they're they doing it again. Nat Road has uh, called on the federal government to ex- um, to uh, address road user charges. Uh, they're talking about people are we're being overcharged now. Um, Warren Clark, I mean, is like a broken clock. He's right at least twice a day. And he's he's Warren he's Warren Wright for his second time today, maybe. Uh, he's saying the much needed change needs to be addressed as soon as possible. Enough is enough. Australia's road freight transport industry is enduring the most difficult economic and regulatory operating environment in living memory. We can't drive on our freaking roads, the ones that we pay all the bloody excise for, and yet they want to add on these road user charges. Our mm-hmm. registrations are ridiculously high. Um, we always seem as though we're the ones that are having to sharpen our pencils and make everything work. Everyone wants to put their hands in our friggin' pockets and we can't get anything. We can't get anything done. I reckon there's some questions to be asked at the next NRFA conference of some of these people and point out the fact that people are on the bones of their ass. We're looking at businesses. I mean, Godfrey's closed their doors the other day. They survived 100 years of trading. They survived the Depression. They survived World Wars. They, they survived the bloody recession we had to have with Beasley, but they couldn't survive Albo. I mean, mm. they survived mm. Cobo, COVID, couldn't survive Albo. I, uh, I, they are so lucky. They are so the vacuum cleaner crowd. Vacuum, really? They shut their door. In receivership, mate. Mm. Mm. And it's you something know, that you would have thought that people still needed. Well, you don't give up your vacuum cleaner, do you? Just because you got, well, you know, everyone's no, still you having. don't. You don't. But I mean, the level of disposable income. You, you, oh, Jesus, these bastards are lucky. I'm not going to be in Shepherd on a Saturday because I'm going to be unloading in Sydney. <laughs> I, I, I would, I would, I reckon I would strip a gear. Yeah, because, you know, I cannot understand how all the funding that we put into all these things in this country, you know, but but, but nothing seems as though it's happened. I mean, Glenn, well, so well, I know you listen to this show, Glenn. I know that you listen. You know, mate. Well, well something has happened, Father Mock. Something has happened. What? We've got the system in there where you just pay more money and click on more trailers and wheels and you become more efficient, more efficient, and you increase productivity, which what that means is you cart for Woolworths, Coles and Aldi for less. That's happened. Yeah, well, I, uh, I, I was told the other day that, that the, uh, the, the bill is that, that's going up before the the parliament that they're going to be talking about very shortly, the end of the closing the loopholes bill. I wrote a, I wrote a bit of an editorial about that in the latest issue of Truck and Life, closing what loopholes, I called it in the Too Much Talk column. 
They split off a bit of it, and it was basically a cynical kick in the nuts to BHP and a few others, as far as I'm concerned. And then, and then, now, like, they're going to put this other stuff up, but I believe Bowen said that they're going to water down some of it now to get it through the parliament. To get it through the parliament. Eh? What's left? The bit that should be a no-brainer, the bit that says that truck drivers and the transport industry should be treated like the major contributor to the GDP of this country that we are, we should be treated a little bit better than we are. Now they're going to water it down a bit. So good luck trying to get anything. Good luck trying to get anything. Major contributor to the GDP. My, my, my feeling at the moment is the rain's warm. You know why? Because we're being pissed on from a great height. I'm over it. Good job. I'm over it. Bravo. You know? Anyway, there you go. Someone else can that's have a turn a, now. There's good I, questions I, to be asked then, isn't there? Well, mate, seriously, if they're going to water down what they've already got, the part of the bill that should have gone through the easiest was the part that they split off. You know, after they said they weren't going to split anything off, they made but, some deals with some crossbenchers, yeah. split some bits off, and also they could kick BHP and Qantas in the nuts. That's what all that was about. But they... Uh, right? But the, but the way it all works, and Paul, we, we had this discussion about, you know, a, a major refrigeration company in Australia having going having a bit of trouble. Mm. Well, Scott, indeed. Yeah. But as I read, yeah, so that's a lot of trouble. That's yep. So that is a lot of trouble. So yeah, well, so the you know why they went ass overhead? Yeah, we know all that, Mike. But what there was no effect from that. On, on the population. So what should have happened in that scenario, if everything fell like it should have done, is the consumers of this country should have gone through a fair bit of pain by not having anything in the supermarket. Correct. But the supermarket, they knew. They knew what was going on. And the supermarket, and I'll just say the supermarket because there's only one in Australia, um, the supermarket fixed that problem so that they could still get their stuff until the problem was resolved. So the the public never saw what the effect of a transport company of that size falling over means. Because all, all that gear, sorry, all that gear, all that gear now, Craig is out on the road again with all the signage removed. And it's been bought up at auctions by smaller operators, which is which is fantastic. Unfortunately, those smaller operators are new to the country and new to the industry, and they've been uh, they have been what's the word um, enticed by the supermarket and romanced by the supermarket to go take on these lanes. That's the term they use these days. Take on these lanes, Brisbane, Brisbane to Maryborough, Brisbane to Rockhampton, whatever, Sydney to Sydney to Gosford. They've been enticed and romanced by the supermarket to come and do the work, but the rates, if anything, the rates have more than likely not changed, or if anything, the rates have gone down. 
Yeah. So all they will do is they're still getting the supermarket is still getting the freight moved, but all these smaller carriers again, what will happen is it's just a vicious ongoing cycle. They will fail because they they've started off with worn out gear from that auction because a lot of that gear wasn't maintained correctly. So they're starting out with second-hand worn-out gear. They're working for substandard rates. They will fall. They will fail, sadly. And then the, the, it will just get picked up again now, and again and again. Now, if that that was a similar thing happening in the, in the finance world where all the banks or the biggest bank in Australia or whatever uh, fell like that, Yes, there one of the big four. Actually, yep. be no a royal option. commission. Yes, yeah, but there'd be no option then for the taxpayer to bail them out, so there wasn't a complete collapse. Well, they would be of the system. But I, yeah, but Mike, the other banks wouldn't have stepped in and and done anything, or or the end user, which who you know in in a situation supermarket, the consumer pays. But the, the the supermarket bailed out only enough, yes. not not yes. completely. They didn't no. go back and say, "Oh, geez, we've been paying these people such way too a, less, such <laughs> a poor amount of money that yeah. they can't survive," which wasn't mm-hmm. the sole demise of that business anyway. But the supermarket didn't do that. They just said, "Let's just cough up enough in the short term to make sure that our stuff gets delivered." And then, and then once they made sure that they had secured every other channel, is it lane? Uh, lane, lane is the term once, now. Yes. Once, yeah. once they had secured all of that um, from other providers, then they let go. Precisely, exactly like what they did. They were just hanging onto someone over a cliff, yep. and not only were they just hanging them over a cliff, they were hanging them over a cliff into shark-infested waters. And exactly. Once, and once they had what they wanted, they just let them go and didn't give a shit. That's precisely what happened. Yeah. So, but the, problem, the government the never had to keep doing it. Yeah, but the government never had to step in to bail them out. The taxpayer wasn't on the hook for it. But you know, is this Yogi? Make no mistake. That mm-hmm. Everybody is an end user in the supermarket paid for that to happen. We're all paying for it yeah. now. Every time you buy a block yeah. of cheese. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you're probably paying more now because in that whole scenario, the supermarkets are able to say, oh, we've now had to, we've, we've realised we've had to pay our transporters more money because otherwise we're sending them broke. You know, ha, ha, ha. And, they're, and, they're, and you say there, Paul, they're probably paying less now than what they were before. I I can guarantee it, right? Yeah. So, and they talk about minimum standards and how this legislation can help. And I ho- I hope we can have that conversation with some politicians before it does go through. That th- yeah. this is essential because if if the whole industry collapses, you know, we are in a whole lot of trouble. Mm. Well, they they, mm. they they do talk about minimum standards, but we all know what happens with minimum standards. Pretty soon. Minimum standards become the maximum standards, and I've said that in this in my editorial. I can just hear it now, right? But you're talking about rates, Someone, not standards. Well, we're, we're talking about minimum standards, right? Mm. Pretty much minimum rates, minimum standards. You know, 
it's all the same. People are going to say, well, this is all we have to do. We don't have to do any more than this. This is the minimum. As long as we meet the minimum, we go, right? That is what they will say. So, mm. you know, forget getting, that, forget getting paid by the hour if you're a driver. Not going to happen, right? It won't happen. You look at the look at the fine print of what is and isn't allowed in what's what the legislation is aired out. We've been sold apart. We really have been. But there's no legislation there yet to talk about what. what no, there's no paid. legislation yet. How much faith do you have, Craig? It depends on what you're talking about there, Mike. Um, well, what the politicians <laughs> are going to do? Well, you, Mate, you, you if you go it. back to a truck and life anywhere, and you have a look at the things that that have been written about over the course of years. Yeah, James Hardy sold asbestos for many years, telling us it was a great thing. Um, mm. There's been plenty of monumental things in the world that people believe that were, were fantastic and great. We look at it every day. We still see a, a system of, of government based on on things that were from the like the 14th century. So, mm. do I have faith in that? No. Do I have faith that people can make change? Yes, I do. So. If if you're not going to be involved in trying to change that, you know, what what are you going to do? You may as well. I would love you to see well a change. Well, well, that's it. So if you'd love to see a change, that's why certain people in in the industry in the world do things to make a difference. So everyone, everyone can sit back and look at people like Elon Musk and say, "Oh, he's rich. He's an idiot. He's he's whatever." But he, he's he's a pioneer in some fields. So, but back to the the thing of he certainly knows how to blow shit up. Well, that's right. But so do governments. So do Im, Im, imagine, so do. imagine if Elon Musk spent his money in buying millions of acres of land and replanting trees instead of just blowing up rockets. Mm. Imagine that. Well, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. We don't, we're not here to talk about Elon Musk. Yeah. But we're, we're here to talk about is the is what's going on. Well, the thing was as far as the was to make the point that. People pioneer things. So, mm-hmm. if 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 we need to change what goes on, how how else do we do it? So, I know it's easy to say, "Oh, the government's never going to do anything," and blah blah blah. But if if someone's not there trying to hold them to an account, then what happens then? Correct. So, Craig, before before the last election, I wrote a column which was published in Big Rigs where I said I believed that the Labor Party had the best platform for the trucking industry in this country. Mm. I believed it then. Yep. I said, have a think about it. I said to people, have a think about it. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm a libertarian, and I'm very much a, a right of centre libertarian, right? I believe in everyone getting a fair go, right? But what I've seen from the federal Labor government and from all the state Labor governments throughout, and all the governments, in fact, at every level, all the way through COVID, all the way recently, all the way since we elected the Labor Party to the to have a look at the way this bloody shit show is running right now. And I'll tell you what, <clears throat> any benefit the transport industry may have had from the Labor government has been by far outweighed by the excess stupidity that they've displayed with the use of our taxpayers' money. And what Gary Packer said in 1991 when he was accused of minimising his tax, uh, he actually said that if you don't 
if you need your head read, there's a great YouTube of it. Go out and yeah, see if you can find it. But he said that we, you know, he was minimising his tax, and as far as he was concerned, he didn't want to give any more to the government than he had to because they didn't have that good a record of spending it. He was right then, and if he was still about, he'd be right today. And right as far today. as I'm concerned, as far as I'm concerned, mate, the Labor Party, and I've said it in my editorial, are looking more and more like a one-term government. They really are. They have pissed off so many people with the rubbish that they've gone on with that I expect that the next time we go to the polls, people will be there with baseball bats. They will they will bet on the kangaroo on the corner rather than they'll put a Labor politician back in. And where will we be then? Well, that's the thing, though, Mike. If we... Where do you go and what are you going to do about it? So if there is a change of government, if there's a change of anything, does does industry um, change its stance on, on what, what we need? Like, it's, it's there, there will be a change of government. That, there's no doubt about that. There will be a change of bureaucrats. All this is going to happen. But as an industry, what do we do then when that changes? Do we just go, oh, well, we've been defeated and we'll fall over and, and not not do anything, say anything, just go, oh, well, this is just the way it's going to be, or or do we keep fighting? So I, I know we've been fighting for many, many years, you know. We we go to things to have memorials about people that have fought for the industry. So, you know, this is, this is an ongoing fight. So will it end one day? Maybe it will, maybe it won't. I don't know. But are we going to lay down and take it, or are we going to keep fighting? So... Well, I think we've got pretty good at taking it, to be honest with you. So is that mm. is that the answer? Well, well you're right. Well, but is that I, is that the answer to it? No, it's not the answer. It's not the answer. But the problem with it is, is that you know you know what it's like as an owner driver. You're out there. You're doing whatever it is you need to do to pay your bills. Yep. You're out and there doing whatever your it, and support mm. your family. Put your kids through school. Keep a roof over your head. Pay the mortgage. Keep everyone happy. Yep. You know? And and you can stand up and you can talk about how we need to stick together and all that. That's fine until some scab goes and undercuts you and takes a load that was already too cheap anyway. That's right. Right? And now we've, and now we've got the situation with these load boards that are coming out with their Dutch auctions for their buddy freight. Right? No one's even got the decency to ring you back anymore. You know? That's I mean, right. I, but, but in, everyone talk I mean, about everyone the old days. At least, at least and, and I, I mean, I, I, I don't have any fond remembrances of the old days. We all went too hard. We all went too fast. Some of us took far too many bloody drugs. And the, and the reality of it was that life wasn't better. It was just different. Right. Now, we need to perhaps look at the way things are being done in this in this country I mean, for Christ's sake, we are a nation of, uh, of that relies on trucking. Nothing gets anywhere without being on a truck at some stage, mm. sometimes several times. I know I'm preaching to the converted, but the that's, reality is we need to start educating people. We need to start telling people what it is. And the public need to suffer a little bit of pain when they can't get their toilet paper. Well, that's what I was saying about the supermarket. They didn't suffer, and they knew. They knew well before. I, I, they would have known well before anyone that worked at Scott's 
that something was wrong. They knew three months before the collapse, yeah. Craig. Yep. So twelve weeks before the so collapse. So they're paying the bills to keep them afloat, mm-hmm. but they won't pay them enough money to do the job. Correct. Right. So well, that's the problem, and and people need to know that. So and that and the thing is that travels down though as well, Craig. Is the companies the size of of Scotts and Toll, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, they pay their subbies again. They pay their subbies just enough to survive, mm. instead of prosper and reinvest in new gear. So well, it just goes down, 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 down. You know, and and at the top of that, wasn't it? There was yeah. <clears throat> the top That's of that. Kind of and the top of that, that was that, yeah, the, that that slogan that Paul just said, down, 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 that's yeah. kind of ironic. Isn't it, it is, isn't down, it? Down, yeah. down, down. Yeah, it's exactly yeah. the supermarket I, mantra, isn't it? And and the top of that the top of that pyramid is the, is is those supermarkets. And the thing is now is the 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 challenge is now also is the the world geographically is no smaller, but. The world we live in is smaller because of the internet, etc., um, and and you know data. And the thing is now is if if one if one company and this because of globalization, we've got so many companies now in the world have reaches like an octopus; their tentacles cover the globe. So if you've got a company in Germany, you know, a parent company in Germany, it's it, it like one of the, the smaller the smaller of the three supermarkets in Australia, and they've got a tendering situation in Germany where they're screwing the carriers down on a certain lane, then what they do is they transfer that data into Australia and say, hey, this has worked in Germany. We've actually been able to push the rates down 12%. Mm. So you need to adapt to that here as well and do that same thing. And it's a trend, it's a trend globally. Mm. It's a trend globally that that the cost of transport is, well, not the cost to transport, but the cost of transport is actually going down, and that's utter insanity. Mm. Yeah, utter well, insanity. the reality of it is, is that you can't tell me that the likes of tolls and all these all these big big companies don't know to the cent how much it costs to run the truck. Mike, I, I looked at I looked at a, a gentleman a few years ago. A few years ago, he had two two bonnet of Kenworths for sale in Brisbane, and they were towing they were towing refrigerated vans for toll, and they were doing a Brisbane North Queensland leg regularly. And he had the trucks for sale with the work, and I went to see him and talked to him about that business, and he actually had he had some history. With QRX, which used to be Queensland Railfast Express, got bought out by Carpentaria, ended up absorbed by Toll, yeah. and he he was actually in an administration role and ended up with his own trucks. He was telling me back then that there was basically a program that Toll had back then that would calculate the costs, as you say, down to the cent. For the subcontractors, they would decide what it would cost for them to tow the trailers, and then they would put a two percent profit on top of it, and that's mm-hmm. how they calculated their rates. That's right. Now to be true, mm. and that's how they calculated their rates. Yep. Now to be true, and there was a lot of discretionary charges that they used to have. Remember, back in the day, they used to charge you uh, fees for insurance and things like that. Insurance, one point five percent. 
Correct. Well, when they when they discovered that it was illegal for them to do that, they stopped doing it, and then they started charging you a service fee instead. Precisely. Just so that you, you know, just so that they could screw you just that little bit more. You know, to, the service fee was in case you might use their toilet and you know to process all the paperwork they kept you waiting two hours for. I had that argument with Toll when they took over, when they finally took over Mallee's Transport out of Tully, when we were doing our bananas every Wednesday, when we did them for Mel, there was no insurance. As soon as Toll 100% took over, 1.5% of the SPA, of the Subcontractors Payment Advice, 1.5% would be charged insurance. So if you were doing a $10,000 load to Perth, it was one and a half percent. So I ended up taking out my own marine and cargo insurance. Yep. And then saying to basically the powers that be at Toll in Brisbane, I no longer want this uh, deducted. Yeah. And I fought for three months to have that overturned. They went, no, no, no. And I said, here's my certificate of currency. You have no legal right to deduct that insurance. But I'll tell you what, it was a fight and a half to stop it. Yeah, and they'd have been right in it, like rats up drain pipes. It was ridiculous. That's absolute criminal. All right. Anyway, that's it. So Warren's talking about, uh, Warren Clark from that road is talking about the government, uh, including all the states and territories, could maximise the effectiveness of infrastructure funding by improving the selection and delivery of their projects. Let's give Warren a degree for stating the bloody obvious. The obvious. Bravo, Warren. Bravo, Warren. Bravo, Warren. Well, Warren's not a bad guy. I I feel sorry for Warren. He's stuck between a rock and a hard place. He really is. Um, Anyway, there we go. So we've got time to talk about one more thing before we go, or you just want to – what do you want to do? Boys, I'm going to bail out. I've lit a fire under your bums. I'm going to go because I have some Cruiser magazine business to attend to. My Um, blood pressure up. I did want to sign off by saying I had a lovely package in the mail arrived today, being issue three of Truck and Life. Issue three of Truck and Life. I cracked the I cracked the plastic bag open, took the fly sheet, opened it up. The smell of a newborn baby. Congratulations, well done. Congratulations, well done. Another another killer. Another uh, killer. Uh, oh, I was going to say episode, but Edition. another yeah. Another killer addition. Well done. Um, I'm, I'm once again proud to be a small part of it. And, uh, Thank you very much. And, and uh, uh, likewise, Bud, good, good uh, Crappie Southbound podcast. Do you want to know a little bit about Full Bear Gene? Have a listen Have a to little that. Bit. Yeah, keep your laughing gear around that. And I'm uh, I'm going to saddle up Millie now and ride off into the darkness. Oh, yeah, well, you do that, you. buddy. <laughs> Good girl, Millie. Come on. Good, good. See you, boys. Good talking to you today. See you, Paul. Good oh, right, one more. Then what'd you have? One more? What was the one more? Well, well we've, we've got a we've got a we've got a, a couple of choices on things we can talk about. Six million dollars being spent on the Yamaha near Gundagai. guy. They really should be spending that up near the up near the Waybridge of Barawan. Did you say so six they, million? They're going to put an overtaker line. Six million bucks. Six million in well, upgrades. What's that going to do? Replace a few guideposts? Um, probably. No, no, no. They're going to widen the, the edge of the road that no one will ever drive on. <laughs> mm. oh. let's, 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 talk, let's talk about it, shall we? 
So, so it's the it's the U My Way, just sort of at South Gundy, right? Yeah. Uh, there's there's a little bit there from Middle Street, which is sort of where you turn into uh, turn into the shell, I think, from memory. Um, so far, they spent twelve million dollars adding fifteen kilometres of the U My Way in this stretch since twenty twenty one. That would have been down south, down near the Adelong end. The Tumbalong. So the Tumbalong this, there they spent. Uh, yeah, that's what. Yeah, at, at Tumbalong, Adelong. Yes, Tumbalong. You're right. Um, <laughs> sorry, I was going to say they're going to put in that. What, what? What's the camera on the bridge there? That counts the like, traffic counter, apparently. Oh, that. I mean, that's highly what we need. surprised if they could take <clears throat> all the equipment there mm. and build a pad on the side of the road yeah, and then rip it up and take all the equipment away for six million bucks without even touching a part of the highway. Yeah. Well, we're not getting it. Anyone that's taking oversized loads through there, Wow, but, yeah. you know, 
you have a download, you're gone. But why would you do it? Where, where is the sense in that? Well, there's not much anymore in that, is there? Like, I don't know. If you can, you believe? You believe oh, it? Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Well, I know it's a fact. I know it's happening. Yeah, I know, I know, I know that I know that know that you know that I know that we all know that you know I know what you said in there, but I don't. <laughs> I, I don't know. Did you know about it? <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I know. I know right. the difference between knowing what I know about and know what I know about. Well, yeah, why like would you do it though? If you've got a, if well, I suppose you can get away with if you if you're letting it roll and you well, I wasn't driving the truck on that day. <laughs> Yeah, I, don't I, that. I don't know about well, that. I don't know either. I don't know either. We don't. I'd be a bit screwed. No one else drives my truck. Yeah, you're done. I'm done. Like a dinner. Yeah. I don't oh, understand. Well, I honestly don't understand. You want to want six months off writing new magazines? Just let it roll off the dipper and report back to us next week. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell me story walking. You reckon? Yeah, yeah, well, you can sell it in Juggernaut, will we? I've been doing a bit of foot south and that's what had happened. Mate. We'd have to change your too much talk, actually, too much T A L K. You'd be just talking, not talking. Oh, oh don't. Hey, don't, don't. the words there, aren't we? Hey? Don't, don't go. <laughs> uh, just quickly, too, let's just, just move on to something else. The buddy parking up at Rocking, Rockhampton, mm-hmm. uh, the Ring Road in Queensland. It's going to be a priority, apparently, for the federal government because they've cut it in half now. Have a think about where you stop in Rocky. That's all you can say about that. Well, there wasn't many places to stop there to start with. It's always North Rocky, wasn't it? That Caltech, and that? that was North bad, Rocky. Okay. North Rocky was about it, I think. We yeah. need we need someone that's a regular runner up there. It's a bit late now because it's like ten to nine, but um, there 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 aren't a lot of spaces to stop up there anyway. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Mm. Uh, I've been actually into Rocky. Yeah, me too. I used to run in Rocky. I loved it when I was running up there. And, yeah. You know, you used to idolise the idea of seeing a flat 900 with an SCV and running up the coast. <laughs> but, geez, it'd be cool to be like that dude. Oh, would it was. So what do you want to do, guys? It's like four, four to the hour. Mm. Do you want to keep going? Or what do you want to do? I would there. like to talk about one more thing, so I wouldn't mind keeping going for another 15 minutes at least. Yeah, and then I've got to bail after that. You, so, then, then, yeah. then you can bail. Yeah. Because there's been an issue that I've been talking about for a little while, and it's become a bit of a sort of a hot-button issue, mm. and uh, and that's that. So, but I suppose before the end of the show, there are people that are wanting to go. We need to talk about the fact that Renko are major sponsors of the show. If you them upside down or a breakdown, ring Redco and get the equipment that you need to keep on trucking or maybe investigate uh, a few options with jobs. You'd hire a bit of gear from Redco, wouldn't you, Yogi? I would and have looked at it and have the, sometimes the necessity to do it. So you can, so they do facilitate in long-term rentals. They'll yep. handle short-term rentals. They will handle most things that you require in the trucking industry. Think, you know, I would, probably should we probably should do some research. We should get on a rent car and have a bit of a do a bit of a cost comparison because these days, with trucking being the way it is, you need to sort of minimise your costs as much as you can. I I started to look at when I was an owner driver whether long term rentals were 
a good option compared to actually owning the equipment. I I have spoken to Renko about this, and Renko tell me there is customers that do specifically that. Yeah, well, at the end of the day, are better. Mm. Well, some get, you, go on, sorry, Kate, go on. Well, some accounts will actually push you that way, and depending on your business structure and what you want to do, they mm. they'll actually suggest it because they believe that your money invested is in other things. So they might say you're better off buying a shed. Um, yeah. Than actually buying, yeah, buying the land, buying equipment, yeah, buying truck and the land. Mm. So you, your shed yeah. will actually appreciate in value. So instead of renting a premises, go and buy your go and buy a shed for two million bucks, and rent all your gear. Because your shed will yeah. always be worth two million bucks. The other part about it too, I suppose, if you have a bit of a downturn, say for example you've got several trucks and several trailers, man, you have a bit of a downturn, you can just hand them back to the rental. Guys, so thanks very much, fellas. Mm. And you still you don't have shed. to worry. You still got a shed. You don't have to worry about disposing things, though. That's that's what I'm saying. I mean, you have, don't have all the tax implications. You don't have all that depreciation. You don't have all that crap. Mm. And, you, and your rental fee, I suppose, would be just a straight out business cost, wouldn't it? It's a business. Yeah. Product. A major, um, major, major company over here in the west. They were they had rental trucks on high export containers. So, yep. yeah, for, mm. for many, many years. But, yeah, but that's and all something. Of a they bought a couple of trucks for it. Yeah, but that's something in small business where, you know, you accountants will push you into the depreciation thing so that you don't have to pay tax. Mm. But in, in essence, you still, you know, you, you lose it somewhere. It doesn't matter. We got to pay it sooner or later. Well, if you don't, if you the don't. Sun pay gets up, it, sun goes down, you got to pay tax. Yeah. So mm. if you don't pay it, because you depreciate it on pretty quick, and then you want to sell it. Well, yep. they don't tell you that when you sell it and it's written down to twenty grand and you sell it for two hundred, <coughs> yeah, you've got to pay tax on one hundred eighty grand. They don't tell you that. No, no, I found that out the hard way. All right, pre-call one three hundred seven three six eight two six. That'll get you onto your local Rico office anywhere in a capital city in Australia. Mm. There you go. Rentco.com.au. Righto. Now, the other thing that I wanted to talk about quickly, and it's been something that I've talked about, uh, it's been a little bit of a, a passion subject of mine. Uh, there is a proposal underway uh, for a change in the approach of the way we deal with dangerous goods in tunnels. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, what's the go there? Well, there's been a number of, uh, you know, there's, there's always been a big fear that there'll be chemical exposures or fires or or things like that. And if you remember back in the in history, the Mont Blanc tunnel thing in Europe was a, a, a big fire that happened in a tunnel and, and uh, was responsible for a, a, a few fatalities. But was that dangerous uh, goods? That was margarine or butter, wasn't it? Butter. I'm not sure. I, I, I'm not sure what that was. I'll just... Just for the sake of the fact to find out and make sure I'm not lying, I'll just keep your eyes on the road too, Mike. While you're doing it, please. Your eyes on the road, but you know the, the the fact is that I've always said that at least if you're if if you're in the um, in a tunnel, there's unrestricted access to at least one side of whatever the disaster is. The traffic that's on the on the on the far side of the disaster will move out of the way. Mm. and it will be gone. 
there's always an escape route in the tunnel anyway, uh, tunnels anyway, upwards or outwards, or even you can run away from whatever's going on, unless it's a big explosion or something like that. Um, then the chances of people getting caught up in it probably, I'm not going to say it's impossible, but it's, it's, um, it's possible that you're going to get away. Now, at the present, I mean, I know about dangerous goods running up and down through Bexley. They don't let you go through the tunnels on, on the highway on the M5 out of, out of, um, out of Sydney. And so you end up driving through a restricted like residential area. We've got A-doubles running up and down there with fuel on them now. Um, petrol, diesel, all that sort of thing. You've got, you've got uh, chemical tankers cutting uh, all sorts of you know, garden variety of different you know, chemicals that you really... I, got, I, I worry that people have no idea what's going up and down the streets out the front of their houses. Why? Every tort line that's got a tin of degrees are in the back. That, that stuff goes off. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not only that, though. Um, there was a... This, just to go back to the Montblanc Tunnel, this was October 20... Uh, sorry, March the 24th, 1999. Truck caught fire while driving through Montblanc between... France and Italy, when it stopped halfway the, the uh, tunnel, through the tunnel, uh, violently, violently combusted. Other vehicles uh, coming through the tunnel were, uh, became trapped, and they also caught fire. The, Australia, the firefighters were unable to reach the truck. 39 people lost their lives, so it's more than just a few casualties. Um, it doesn't say what it was, though, what I'm looking at. But the, the, the reality of it is, if, you know, if we have an accident in on um, on in Bexley, for example. A truck gets rolled over or split open. I mean, you only got to see what it, what it's like. The amount of uh, things can go very, very wrong, very, very quickly. Mm. And at least if you're in these tunnels, they've got extraction systems to get rid of the gas or vapors. You've got fire suppression systems to sort of help deal with the fires. It's not Mont Blanc anymore. That's the point. So. We're in the situation now where there's a proposal to change the way things are viewed. Ausroads is one of the associations, the peak association of Australian New Zealand transport agencies representing the levels of government. They say that this um, methodology is now being accepted in Europe. We don't have anything like it here in Australia. Neither Australia nor New Zealand have a standard risk assessment approach for considering risks to life associated with how we route dangerous goods. It really is at the point where if you look at the way the tankers are constructed now, particularly the ones that are carting the acids and the alkalis, which are what I've been interested in carting, uh, and even as fuel tankers, how they're crash tested and you know, roll tested and, and things like that. I've seen uh, a Timon tanker, a Timon mate down in Melbourne, uh, go all the way over with a load of nitric acid on it and not lose, not lose a drop. Now, um, I'm not saying that will always be the case, but certainly the, the construction of the tankers is a lot better these days than it used to be. I mean, and tankers in the dangerous goods area probably do get a little bit better attention than, say, tort liners doing express work up and down the Union. We seem to lose one of those to a wheeling fire fairly regularly. They don't tend to happen with tankers very much. Mm, um, 
you know, uh, we've got a lot more scrutiny on us in the dangerous goods area than uh, the general freight guys do. So the Australasian approach to dangerous goods and the quality of risk assessment that goes along is um, is probably a very important thing, well worth looking at because there's always going to be a risk everywhere. It doesn't matter what we do out on the road, there's always a risk. And while we are travelling in traffic, while we're on freeways or whatever, there is always going to be a risk. And particularly, you know, while we're driving around, uh, you know, in peak times and things like that, always a risk. Now, it's not always possible for us to manage the time we're driving on the road. We do have laws to comply with. Unfortunately, that doesn't always mesh in with what we want to do. Uh, it'd be nice if we could just go in and out at night time when no one else is working, but we can't make that work all the time. So Osroads have done a bit of a study with uh, a hypothetical tunnel and they've illustrated the stages of the comparative assessment and uh, incorporated some risk mitigation measures. And they're going to host a webinar about it on March the 26th at uh, Australian uh, 2 p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Time. Dr. Conrad Stacey and Nigel Casey will be included. There'll be a live Q&A and it's free to attend that webinar, but you know, registrations are essential. If you look at the way we do things now, particularly um, on the on the M5 East and other tunnels, I mean, obviously, you know, it's understandable that they don't want Class 1, which is explosives going through these tunnels, but you know, is it safer to drive Class 1 down through Bexley? Well, I don't know. Who knows, but yeah. you look at... Yeah. You can drive, so you can't drive your dangerous goods through a tunnel, mm. but you look at some of the overpasses and bridges they build through, you know, that where we go through Sydney or Melbourne, mm. like there's houses underneath or off yep. the side. So if you had to spill that over the side of one of those, you, mm. it's actually not contained. No, it's not. So the, I don't know, the risk factor could be much, much higher. In yep. that, um, I don't know. I'm not even sure how the the best way to 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 have the legislation with that or or the well the policies because know, going through it, you look they can't go through the Saint Helena tunnel. No, you can't. Well, you can go through there with class eight. Yeah, but the rest of it, it's not it's really not that big a tunnel. No, it's not. It's well ventilated. Um, <clears throat> so, but there's also situations where. You know, uh, and I know this from personal experience, you miss the turn off of the gateway going north into Brisbane mm. and your next chance to get off is just before the Clem 7 and you can't take DG through the Clem 7, mm. but it, but you force the truck off the road to the bloody front of the hospital there and you've got a detour back round to try and sort of get on if you, if you, if you miss that last exit. Mm. And it's easy enough to do if you get held out. You, I mean, if you're not familiar with the road... Um, you know, it's easy enough to make these mistakes. And, of course, the fines for taking DGs through tunnels are absolutely eye-watering. Mm. It's, you know, it's many thousands of dollars if you get it wrong. Mm. And, and, you know, we look at the situation where uh, trip times and things like that. You know, for example, if, if I'm going down to Botany now to load and, I, you know, it's 9 o'clock at night, 
it wouldn't be unreasonable for that to be happening. You could get down to the Botany Industrial Park and load your caustic. I'd love to go in and out of there at night time now. Um, but I'd still have to drive through Bexley uh, to do it when, you know, you could just zip in and out of the tunnel now there are driving fatigue issues, there's maintenance issues, there's safety issues, there's noise issues for the residents going through Bexley. I mean, it makes more sense at this time of the night to be able to drive through the tunnel. Mm. Um, it may not make sense to do it at 7 o'clock in the morning. Well, there's a lot more traffic you know? then, isn't there? Well, it is, but I mean, it, it, I mean, if, if we, if you're reasonable about it and have the discussion and decide, yes, it's sensible to do it now uh, at this time of the night, but it's not sensible to do it through the peak in the morning or the afternoon. Mm. So have a curfew, say between, say between three and six in the afternoon, and between you know six thirty or six o'clock at you know, nine o'clock in the morning. Don't well, don't be over six thirty till nine. Yeah, I mean there is a there is a curfew on the Sydney Harbour Bridge for DJ trucks. Mm. You know, uh, and we look at all the HML routes as well. I mean, we want to run these big trucks. The HML routes don't even match the DG route out of Botany. Yeah. So is there? I I don't know the DG stuff that well. But is there limitations on DG and HML, or is it doesn't matter? If as long as you're no, an well, HML filler up, H- HML, um, you know, you can come out of there with uh, HML loads of, D- of, but it, you know your routes and everything like that that you've got to do are a little bit interesting. Mm-hmm. So you know the the, the 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 sad reality of it is is that some of this stuff doesn't make doesn't make um, a lot of sense, does it? Hmm. Anyway, I just wanted to bring that up. It's something I've been talking about for quite some time, and yeah. uh, and and it's it's interesting nothing, to see that now yeah, this is actually really, Yeah, I've never really given any thought to it. Just, it just it it's yeah, not not my world, not my cup of tea. But obviously, we've got oversized curfews and stuff like that. And you understand why, I suppose. But yeah, really, you know, I could never understand why we couldn't leave at yeah three o'clock in the morning to get out of most capitals. Mm. Mm. It's, it's just interesting. A smart idea. It? It's like going through Sydney. Is it over at three point two or something? Is it over over three five, one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. just a smart idea. That that's where Sydney's actually got some good rules. Mm. But yeah, you, you, you s- can't move during the day though. <laughs> no, you got to sit up at Newcastle. Yeah, you got to sit there all day and wait. But yeah, but at night, yeah, and even if you break down when you're oversized, you're going to sit mm. for the whole day. According to Osroes, the decision to restrict dangerous goods traffic through tunnels needs to consider the environment, ecological risk, uh, community, social and economic benefit. And for me, I think there is, uh, there is a little bit of benefit for doing it. Obviously, uh, a bit of sensible risk assessment needs to take place. Um, you know, it is something that, that uh, warrants further investigation mm. yeah, in, my, in, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, but you look at yeah. you know the investigation needed or the education needed. It's like mm. oversized Yagi. Why look? It's it's the emphasis goes on the operator and the pilot of being the yeah. ones who have got to look after the general population on the road. Yeah. Why isn't the general population educated on the fact that when you see a pilot car 
and a truck with a big load on it with a flashing light that maybe the best thing to do is get out of the way. Yeah, well, it's the same. Like, who, who, uh, who, who knows what a diamond on the front of a bull bar is? Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only there in the event of an emergency, someone can flip through and go, don't go near the truck. Yeah. Got to hold So what's, what's, I, I haven't done a DG license, Mike, but it was that long ago. Um, yeah. The, what, what's petrol? Petrol's class three. So class That's three. the one with the, so, yeah, with the red diamond. So when you're in a car mm. and you're dicking around on the freeway with a tanker yeah. with class three goods written on it, <laughs> you know, wouldn't that be in your head to to maybe just give that fella a touch more room? Yeah. And, a little you bit know? more room. Yeah, well, the elephant in the room, the elephant in the room, mate, is all these electric cars that are running around with lithium-ion batteries in them yeah. that we have seen can combust quite spectacularly, mm. right? Yeah. Um, and they're driving them backwards and forwards through tunnels. Have they got a DG sign on them? Well, no, they don't. So if you're, so, carting, if you're carting batteries, you've got to have a DG sign on it. If you're carting, carting lead-acid batteries... Mm-hmm. That's class eight corrosive, sulfuric, uh, not sulfuric. Um, so, what's the lithium? Is it classified as a DG or not? Well, I don't don't believe it is, but I'm talking about lithium ion lithium ion batteries in your cars, mm. in your car. You know, for your, your your whatever it is, your 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 Tesla or your Polestar or whatever it is that you're driving. Mm. They've got BMW. Them, whatever they whatever they are, your electric car, a dirty great big battery in them, and we've all seen how they love to. To go up now. I'm not saying that they go up any more than any other car. All I'm saying is that when they do, it tends to be fairly spectacular. Well, at least a car, so, if it goes up with petrol, it goes up. Then so there's boom, no more petrol, and then it's gone. Yeah. Burns very yeah, but quickly, the, but a, well, we've but seen the, that. We've seen the aftermath of Tesla's Tesla. A very, uh, I'd imagine, you know, talking about batteries and cars, and a very good mate of mine. She said to me the other day, she said, "Little kid." Little problem, big kids, big problem. It was a load of margarine. Little problem. It was a load of margarine in the. It was a load of margarine in the Montblanc tunnel. I I thought I've seen a documentary on that. Yeah. Because at first they couldn't work out why why it was so ferocious. Mm. Because it was. Yeah, I can't believe it's not butter. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So they anyway, it, 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 yeah, it's just it's just a tra- it was just a tragedy, but that that tragedy led to a, a lot of uh, shall we say inappropriate action as far as other issues go. It's a, like a knee jerk. Well, that, that's um, that's um, green man in Perth, isn't it? You know, it's a, a farmer's truck in '93 didn't stop going down the hill, so everyone to this day is restricted on that hill. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's what happens. Anyway, yeah, that's, we probably that's should wrap it up now. Um, I've got to be somewhere else at the moment. Yeah, right, I don't want uh, that bed. No, I just got a text from, from the um, the boss, mm-hmm. and she said, my tea's ready. Yeah. Don't, she yeah. said, basically, she said to me, don't come My home. tea's been made. Don't dilly dally down there once you finish the show! Exclamation mark. 
She took it off. She went to bed. She's got some very important NRFA stuff to be doing. So she was up past her bedtime last night looking at trucks. I know because I sent her the pictures. So Paul did ask for a song. We're doing a bit of "Drive My Life Away" by Eddie Rabbit, and we will all talk on Saturday night. So thanks everybody for joining tonight. And Mike, if you can't be good, be spectacular. Good night, everybody.